Hello, everyone. This is Abby Carreri, Connexon Senior Vice President of Marketing, Sales, and Account Management. Welcome to Co-Ops Connect, the podcast created for electric cooperatives considering or operating rural broadband networks. Each episode, we share stories from electric cooperatives deploying fiber broadband and tackling head-on the challenges and triumphs of bringing high-speed internet to rural America. Connexon is proud to be at the forefront of the electric cooperative fiber broadband movement and excited to share these inspiring stories. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another special edition of Co-Ops Connect. I'm Abby Carreri, Connexon Senior Vice President of Sales, Marketing, and Account Management. And I am pleased to bring you today's podcast from San Antonio, Texas, site of Co-Ops Connect 2022. This marks Connexon's fourth annual in-person workshop for electric cooperatives, serving their members and communities with fiber broadband. This workshop is a great opportunity for co-ops to get together, share best practices and ideas, learn from each other, and network. If you weren't able to attend this year, we hope you can join us next year. Watch your email for news about Co-Ops Connect 2023. Turning to the episode, I am pleased to welcome today's guest. George Weaver is the CEO for Central Georgia EMC, and Ben Thomason is the COO. Central Georgia EMC serves 60,000 members across 14 counties and was one of Connexon's first Connexon Connects projects to launch. In fact, Central Georgia and Southern Rivers Energy were the very first projects announced about a year and a half ago. And just last September, Connect installed its very first customer, a Central Georgia member. Welcome, gentlemen. We've certainly come a long way, and thank you for joining me today. Today, at the time of our podcast recording, Connect has over 5,300 Central Georgia members connected to fiber internet, with take rates over 40%. Ben, those numbers are growing every day, as you know. What do you think is driving the success of the fiber broadband in your communities? I would attribute that to three things, really, Abby. First and foremost, we were early and aggressive in our campaigns, both member and political campaigns, as far as getting the word out and getting the message out that uh, this service was coming. Secondly, uh, a lot of our members are transient. They're moving in from metropolitan areas. So they have a hunger for that level of broadband service that they've experienced in those larger cities. And lastly, I would say that the price points that Connect is is putting out there are are more than competitive and driving these members to take those levels of service. Thank you. And, And George, previously you commented on the high overall take rates and the number of people taking the gigabit and multi gigabit speed tiers. Why do you think that's the case? We were somewhat at a loss as to why uh, that was occurring, but then trying to think that through. Number one, we had any number of people who were paying in excess of $200 already for a uh, satellite TV type product, paying uh, probably the same amount for a cellular product, and it just simply seemed seemed like a bargain. It was so much less than they were already paying. The second one, uh, Ben is alluding to, we have people moving in continuously that were accustomed to high speed and they expected the same. And then the third one that I think may have been one, people who've had an inferior product, maybe have had it for years, and sometimes you do uh, run a net analyzer, you don't realize how many devices you have connected already, probably some of the connected you've forgotten about, and just need the speed for the number of devices that were already connected. Absolutely. And when you first started down this journey, did you ever think you would be here today? No, not at all. In fact, we tried not to be here. We uh, tried to get somebody else to do this for us. We had a board of directors that kept telling us, 
you have to come up with a solution for our territory. You have to come up with a solution for our membership. And we tried to get someone else to do it that we would facilitate. But once we realized that we had to do it ourselves and that this was the solution, then we are very glad that we did end up here. Well, I know that you all explored seven or eight different types of partnerships and Ben, you and I met in early 2019 when you all started your discovery process in this journey. So I don't know, Ben, could you touch on the journey through exploring the different ways to be able to provide broadband to your members? Sure, you're right. And to your point, Abby, we did uh, connect in early 2019. And at that time, the uh, Connect model didn't exist. Uh, Connects on Connects. Primary roles were network design and, and project management. And, uh, but we stayed in touch, and through the year of 2019, to George's point, we evaluated seven other potential partners and, uh, and quite frankly, came to the conclusion that all the others were, were looking for a free ride, is what the uh, true answer was. But uh, So we reconnected back in, in early 2020 and, and really presented you with a wish list of, uh, of things we would like to see in a partner. And to our, our pleasant surprise, you came back within a relatively short period of time and uh, checked just about all those boxes and were able to uh, fulfill the role that we were looking for in a partner and march forward uh, over the next year and lo and behold the connect model came to fruition and uh, so here we are today well then i would like to say you all kind of participated in putting together this connect model you were the first along the journey and then many more came after that especially in the state of georgia so there's been quite a movement throughout the state I know there is a very close partnership and where Connects on Connect handles a lot of the operations, but can you all talk to how you interface directly with Connect and even your co-op peers as we continue the growth of the members being served? I will say first and foremost, Abby, the, the, the main thing that we have experienced with both Connects on and Connects on Connect is that the flexibility from everybody involved from the top to the bottom. You know, we, we know there are going to be bumps along the road. We're, we're both new to this. I say we're both new as, as far as the, the Connect model goes. So we knew there were going to be some learning curves in, involved, though, but everybody involved uh, from the top to the bottom whether it's connects on or connects on connect has been more than flexible to work with and if there's something we don't like or we feel like we need to take a different approach for you guys have been more than willing to uh, adjust and 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 take a different approach if we make a suggestion i'll add to that also again flexibility was the key we feel like we know how to buy energy wholesale and sell it retail whether it's electricity or a natural gas which we had just started in the middle of this process we know how to operate in a distribution system We have a lot of experience. We did not feel like we had the expertise to start this project the way it needed to be started and run the way it should be done at the tempo, the speed we needed to get it done. And that's where we worked with ConnectSon to develop the Connect model, which has worked very well for us and any number of other co-ops in Georgia. And how did your board respond when you presented the final Connect model to them? They responded well. Now, we had been telling them for about two years, we're going to get somebody else to do this for us. And it's not going to be a financial problem for us. Financial situation, I, I, I don't say it's a problem, a situation, but we're one of the fastest growing systems in Georgia on the electric side. We have a philosophy to keep our electric rates as low as practicable, and that's a strain on finances. That hurts the balance sheet, that hurts equity. And we did not plan to leverage the co-op to use the equity originally. But we went from telling the board that we, for two years, that this is not going to be a financial situation for us 
then all of a sudden we realized we need to go to the board and say we need to borrow $135 million and we need to double effectively the size of the co-op overnight. And as far as I can recall, he never had but one special meeting of the board, but we asked the chairman to call a special meeting of the board of directors and we spent about three hours going over the plan. They asked questions and were very supportive which we followed. In fact, uh, no question it was going to be a unanimous vote once we got them uh, comfortable with the situation and that we had done the research and that we had the right partner to move forward. And taking on this $135 million, that was so the co-op can own the fiber network. Can you talk to the importance of owning the fiber network and why you all chose that route? This is an electric asset, period. We had gone with technology that needed robust communication in the past. We heavily depend on data analytics. And we had tools in the past that met our needs. But as the software gets better, as a way to glean the information gets better, we need more reliable and we need faster communication we've ever had. And fiber would be the answer going forward. We had been depending on basically a cellular, robust cellular system, but we were dependent upon a third party that could raise rates or just simply tell us they were going to cease offering it. But it is a very important part of our electric system. And along the way, after making the decision to move forward and going underway, many of your co-op peers followed suit. Did you have conversations with your neighboring co-ops along the way and letting them know your journey? Or how did that go that kind of started this movement throughout the state with the Connect model? Sure, we did. We had a lot of conversations, quite frankly, and, and, and tried to learn from, from one another. You know, they're, they're obviously benefits in blazing a trail and that you're able to give input and kind of influence and, and, and mold processes and those kind of things along the way. However, there are also, uh, you have to temper expectations uh, as well, but it really simplified the messaging though uh, with having so many co-ops uh, latch on to the same model uh, in, in Georgia. When I say uh, simplified the messaging, I'm talking about as far as member, political, regulator messaging, you, you really have to simplify those messages a lot of times. And being able to present one consistent, concise message to those types of folks has really made the process a lot easier. And Central has just taken off, I mean, with take rates already at 40% early on in the build. And even some feeders, you know, we're seeing close to 60% take rates just within months of opening feeders. What would you say that is the reason for that success early on? I alluded to earlier the, uh, the sort of the early and aggressive approach that we took and, and, and sort of using each and every opportunity that we have as far as member engagement, political engagement, the little things, uh, fiber lighting ceremonies and announcements at the Capitol that George alluded to earlier, just to get the word out and, and generate some excitement. And uh, quite frankly, it, it has just created a wave that just hasn't stopped yet. And, and we're deployed in areas that needed the broadband service the most first. So we expected take rates to be a little higher, but these are even exceeding our expectations. So it's, it's really good good thing to see. And earlier, you mentioned a wish list that you sent me on how Connexon could deliver the exact type of model that you all were looking for. Could you talk to those different points that you had in that email that ultimately led to the Connect model? Sure. And, I, and in fact, I tried to dig that list up. I couldn't, I couldn't find it. But, uh, but I do remember... But there, there were a number of things, and really I alluded to earlier, one of the main things that we had found 
evaluating other partners is that they were looking for a free ride, plain and simple. They, they, they wanted basically to provide material or, or something along those lines and us to provide pole space and labor and, and those kind of things. But we were looking for more of a true partnership, and, and that's what we had found in Connexon. And, and y'all were able to check the boxes as far as anything from helping with you know grant assistance, funding assistance, to any type of resource sharing that we put out there. You guys were set up and, and, and able to provide your own customer service and marketing and billing services and, and those kind of things. And George alluded to a, a natural gas subsidiary. We had just started that. So we weren't looking to launch uh, another new subsidiary ourselves. So you guys were really able to check all the boxes that we initially uh, intended to be checked, other than the fact that we weren't looking to make that major capital outlay. But through conversations with your team, we were convinced ourselves that owning the network, our, our members owning the network was the way to go. And then we were able to sell that to our board as well. And they latched onto it too. That's great. And George, could you talk about the partnership experience with Connexon as well and what you find most beneficial? Well, we were especially pleased to find a partner that works exclusively with rural electric systems. That made us a lot more comfortable. And uh, the again, I'm going to have to say flexibility. We knew what we wanted. We went through several iterations of structures uh, and finally hit the right one. And it got, sort of goes back to with the group we were working with. We started down this road and were finally ready to make the decision. We began to realize there were others in the state that had either started and hit a roadblock and just stopped. There were some others were going down a different path. But once we got all together, then we realized that this model could be put together by Connexon and the Connect model could make it work so that we could all give just a little bit, but we could all get something together that worked for, for the majority of those of us in Georgia that were already going down this path. And when did you decide to tell your employees about moving forward with this project and what was the initial response? I think the employees were basically, uh, the employees who had not been a part of it initially did not understand it. It was almost like we were when we first started looking at this and we didn't understand the technology. We didn't understand a lot of that part, but employees have become very excited about it. It's almost like a new organization when you think about it. And uh, once we got the word across of what we were going to do, and it was sort of a shock to some operations people to find out that that work plan they have for the next five years, it's just been turned upside down. But once they realized that we would give them the support, we had the support from the board, it was something we needed for a membership of communities. Employees have been on board and it's certainly been uh, supportive. So it's been a revived culture across the board. And how many of your actual co-op employees actually kind of work inside the partnership with Connexon and yourself? Oh, goodness. Uh, so all of our staff members have sort of had to put a fiber feather, if you will, in, into each of their hats and then delegate accordingly. So there's not a department at the co-op that hasn't been affected in some form or fashion by this project. I will say everybody, everybody carrying their fair share of the, of the weight, you know, helps tremendously. But uh, we've got a great staff in place that uh, has, has helped carry the banner for uh, this fiber network project, as, as well as communicating, uh, you know, openly communicating with all of our employees as frequently as possible and to George's point as well about half of our employees are served by the co-op so they're going to benefit themselves as far as their connectivity at their at their own homes so that was uh, great particularly with the implementation of remote work and things like that through through the COVID era. 
So they become the biggest cheerleaders oh, in the organization once they get hooked up. Absolutely. Spreading fact, the word. We had some key employees that did just had marginal cell service and no broadband service, no internet service. We had one had to go down to the end of the drive. A key employee had to go down to the end of a driveway just to make a cell phone call. So you get some stories like that out, and it spreads throughout the organization very quickly. And just for the listeners to know, what is, as far as your footprint goes, how much is unserved and underserved in, in your communities? We're right at 40%, Abby, right at 40% unserved or underserved out of 60,000. So a large percentage of our membership is really hungry for the product. And really the areas that are served, the good news is that we've got the density there that, you know, maybe we, we don't hit quite as high of take rates there, but... As far as uh, consumers per mile, even a smaller percentage will result in a higher number of Connect customers. Absolutely. And do you all have any statewide broadband meetings? I know the state of Oklahoma has put together a broadband coalition for the grants and different processes that they're going through. I was just speaking with Hunter Robinson earlier on that. Has the state of Georgia, there's been such a movement and a collaboration between you all. Is there any formal uh, meeting times in place with everyone, or do you all have anything that you do special in the state to keep the movement going? Uh, the co-ops in Georgia are a very diverse group. We have some uh, metro co-ops that probably have no unserved area and do not plan to get into any type of communication, broadband, anything of that type. And then you have those central Georgia that really need it. And we have had to be very careful that we did not do anything that harmed any other electric co-op in Georgia. So statewide has been very supportive. We work with them very closely. But we also recognize that they uh, have to represent everybody and that uh, we do not have any statewide organizations, but we do have a, fi- a we'll call it a broadband group of those in, the, in Georgia who provide product. And it is, I know it's met at least once. I'm not sure if it's met any more than once, but we have a loose coalition and I'm sure that will grow. Well, the state is doing great things. We appreciate all the hard work from y'all as well. You know, we're here live at Co-ops Connect today, and this will be your second conference, right, with us. We've had four total, and so comparison to last year's versus this year's, what would you say, I guess, some takeaways are from this year's conference? I'd say first and foremost, the networking is invaluable. I mean, it, but it but it is a lot more comfortable, comforting to know a lot more of the lingo this this time around. Uh, have, having uh, been in the business a, a little while ourselves, and you just feel a, a little bit a higher level of comfort in, in conversing with your peers and and knowing what they're talking about a little more. But uh, even last year, not not knowing any more than we did, you know, showing up, just connecting with those that are experiencing similar situations that that you. Are are and, and are, are uh, trying to find their path forward uh, as well. It's, it's, it's very reassuring that you're not in this boat alone. Absolutely. And are there any panels, George, that stood out to you today that you sat in on? I find them all, I'd say, equally. I, you know, you learn something from all of these. The other thing I've really enjoyed at this conference, being the first with the Connect model, we have hosted a number of co-ops in Georgia and Florida sometimes bringing almost a full board of directors to sit down with us and talk through the process of, does this really work? Tell us all you can, all you know about it, and getting to see these people. And it's a pleasure now to see these people who we have met with, and they have made the decision, and now they have started with uh, the Connect model just like we just like we have. So we learn from others, you know, 
not much we do is original when you think about it, but by learning from others, seeing the progress that's coming along with, with everybody else has just made us uh, more confident that we made the right decision as we move forward. Absolutely, and I would say the movement in Georgia that y'all started, right, has spread into Florida, your neighboring state, and it's been an exciting thing to see that Florida co-ops who had never been in the business before, you know, are now taking that same movement as the state of Georgia amongst others like Mississippi and Oklahoma and Arkansas and Missouri and others as well along the way. Yeah, Ben, that's a great point coming in for the first time and not knowing the lingo, kind of not being in the weeds with it and actually operating. And then now today, it's a totally different I guess, feel for the conference. Are there any specific panels that stood out to you at all today? It is, I really enjoyed the, uh, the construction and make ready panel. Uh, the, those, uh, those, it was really interesting to hear. Everybody has their own unique challenges. However, there are a lot of common challenges as well. We, uh, it, was, it was also reassuring to hear the mistakes that others have made along the way because you're going to make mistakes. And, and it's as uh, Connexon partners, Jonathan and Randy would tell you all the time, you're going to mess up you just got to make sure you fix it fix it quickly and and move on uh, to the next challenge so but it was uh, I really enjoyed that session and you know lastly I'll kind of ask from from challenge standpoint not being in the business last year right and then hopping in this year are there any challenges early on that you faced any obstacles and then you know how did you overcome them and any advice for those that are going to be early on in their builds to do as well sure i would i would say our biggest challenge to date has been a good problem to have and that's being uh, figuring out how we can connect customers uh, quickly enough or so that's always a, a good problem to have we kept thinking maybe it was a hump that we were going to see uh, a decrease to but fortunately it's been a wave that we've been riding now and and so it's it's a good problem to have trying to figure out how to connect more and more customers on a, on a weekly basis. And George, um, knowing kind of reluctantly wanting to get in the broadband business, but knowing you need to, going through seven or eight models, what advice would you give those co-ops out there that kind of are feeling like, I really don't want to do this, even though there's a need for it. And now is the time with the funding that's coming available. There's no better time than now. What would be your advice for those who just are really hesitant in getting into the business? Well, of course, one of the main things is just do that uh, thorough business plan. Be sure you do the feasibility study and know where you expect to be in 10 years. And uh, as with ours, do it very conservatively. We, Ben, uh, as mentioned earlier, we're well above the expected take rate. And uh, as you've asked me, we'll, the speed that people are taking is uh, really just unpredictable. We, we never would have ever uh, come up with that. And then, then you know, that gives you a, a padding. And then if interest rates are a little bit higher than you expected, or if material uh, prices continue to go up and you get some grant funds that you, was not in your plan, you've got some padding there. But I would say just be sure to do a very conservative feasibility study. And once you see where you could be in 10 years and where you should be on a conservative basis after the first five years and moving towards the next 10, it will make the decision much easier. And like you said earlier, before you rule it out, visit your friends, visit your other cooperatives that are doing it. 
take a thorough look into that as well, going and visiting their operations, because I'm pretty sure you all probably changed the mind of many co-ops that were on the fence to moving forward that ended up doing so based on seeing the success in Central Georgia. Well, I appreciate both of your time today, gentlemen. Thank you so much for all of your insight. Thank you for being here. And we're so excited to have you a part of the Co-ops Connect event today. And we'd love to hear from our listeners as well. So if anyone has any thoughts or questions for us to explore, just email us at marketing at connectson.us and we'll definitely get back to you. Thanks everyone. We're going to enjoy the rest of our day at Co-ops Connect and we're going to have an even more fun day tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Co-ops Connect is brought to you by Connexon, the industry leader in rural fiber network design and construction management. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions and topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Please email us, marketing at connexon.us, with your suggestions or for more information on how we support electric co-ops deploying broadband.